wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her family, female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hands, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all that her hands have done. And let her works bring her praise to the city gate. Sam, thank you very much indeed. Uh, well, we're finishing off our series in Proverbs this e this evening. Anyone, anyone made six out of six over the summer? Anyone, anyone been here all the weeks? Any five out of sixes? Four out of sixes? Well, that's good. Three out of sixes? Two out of sixes? Anyone here for the first time in this Proverbs series this evening? We've got to get a few. Okay, so the book of Proverbs um, is, is basically a book of wisdom, a whole load of sayings uh, and so forth. And this last chapter is a very unusual chapter in the Bible. Anyone know why? Just out of interest, slightly interactive moment in the beginning of the service. Anyone, anyone know why? It's, it's one of the few chapters in the Bible that you can confidently say is authored by a woman, um, King Lemuel's mother, who teaches him this poem, this A to Z poem, uh, off by heart as, as a kid. And we'll, we'll look into that in a moment. But anyway, lovely to have company with you. Uh, I, my name is Richard. I'm one of the, the vicars here. Uh, and let's, uh, let's have a little prayer as we get going. Father, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for the chance to talk together and be together. And pray that you will speak to us and that you will work in our hearts as we look at your word together. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the clue to this chapter is in verse 1. Or it says, the sayings of King Lemuel, which might mean Solomon. Uh, and then it says, an inspired utterance, his mother taught him. His mother taught him. And you, you sort of think, well, what sort of mother was she? And the next verse kicks that in. She says, listen, my son, listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. 
This is a mom who hasn't forgotten that she bore her child, that she grew her child in the womb, that he, he, were, he sort of just sort of nurtured there. And then she's looked after him. And not only has she had him, she's also prayed for him. He's been the one that she's been longing for for years, perhaps. And she wants him to know that he is pretty precious to her. Now, you might think of some films or books that you know, and you might think of the sort of mother that this might be talking about, someone who's pretty doting on her son, her special son, her very, very precious son. And she's got some advice for her son, which is three bits of advice. The first one is not to spend his strength on women. It's like, be careful of other women. I'm your mother. Stay close to your mother. <laughs> be careful. They could take you off path. Your vigor on those who ruin kings. In other words, they can, they can destroy your career. They can destroy your life. Be careful of the women out there. And then secondly, she says, be careful of the booze. It's not for kings. It's not for people of high rank to drink wine or crave beer. And that's for people who've got no hope in life, who've got nothing going for them. They can drink. They can be slodged out there in the gutter for all I care, but you're a man of responsibilities, so live up to your opportunity. Don't drink. And then finally, speak up for the poor. I want you to be someone that I can be proud of, someone who cares, someone who's got a passion in your heart. So that's how she relates to her son. She's got ambitions for him. Not necessarily the sort of ambitions of high education or high wealth. He's already a king, so I suppose that could be taken for granted. But she wants him to be the sort of guy that she can talk about in her tea party or whatever she's going to and say, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. And he's a really good boy. And she wants to make sure that he's not knocked down by a wife of lower stature. So she then comes up with this poem, this A to Z poem of the characteristics of a noble wife. And I don't know how carefully you were listening as Sam read through. Uh, but the noble wife that the mother-in-law is looking for, for her son, is of noble character. The old English is of valor. It's a great word, valor, isn't it? It means not just noble characters in sort of a nice girl who does no harm. It's a sort of almost, it's almost like a violent story. It's one who goes into battle and wins. She's going to be a conquering hero. Not quite a Xena warrior princess, but a sort of a conquering hero. She's not going to let things take her by surprise. She's going to be worth more than rubies. Her husband can have confidence in her. She lacks nothing of value. She brings good, not harm. And then there's a whole load on how industrious she is. The career that she has, where she's, she's, she's as profitable as a whole merchant ship bringing food from afar. She'll get up in the night and provide food. She'll look after servants. She'll buy property. She'll grow things in it. She'll make such a good profit. Her husband can just sit back and everything sort of assumes nicely for him, and people go, oh, I respect you because your wife is so amazing. It reminded me of the, the lions that we saw in the safari park this summer, where the, the male lion's just sort of sitting there with his mane all puffed out, and the lionesses are prowling around making sure everything's sorted for them. She's a formidable character, and husband reaps the benefit of her being in the background. And in particular, uh, verse 25 says that she's clothed with strength and dignity, and can laugh at the days to come. She speaks wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. I was really struck by that she laughs at the days to come in the year that we've had. Because uh, I think, for many of us, laughing at the days to come hasn't been the story of the last 12 months or 18 months. 
And I don't know how you're feeling about 2022, for example, or 2023 or 24. Are you looking ahead and going, ha ha, it's going to be excellent. Or are you like, I'm not sure I'm going to get there even, you know, just sort of like, I'm just living now because it's hard. She laughs at the days to come. She's got this triumphant mentality, triumphant attitude. She's not going to drag him down. She's going to pull him forward, laughing and conquering into the future. She'll watch over the affairs of the household and she'll not eat the bread of idleness. She can't eat any bread of idleness with all the stuff she's doing. The poor woman's working round the clock. Her children will arise, and as my children do every day, call her blessed. Are you blessed father, you? <laughs> her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, it says, but you surpass them all. So that's quite a, a sort of CV to live up to, isn't it? Imagine putting in your job application to being the, uh, the princess to this, this king, uh, going to mother-in-law, the dowager uh, queen, and uh, I'd like to marry your son, please. And she's sort of going, well, tell me about your business. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. Tell me about the other. And anyway, is it over the top? Is she asking too much? Is she deliberately trying to put him off all women? It's interesting to try and get the psyche of it, isn't it? But maybe she's onto something when you look at verses 30 uh, and 31. There's this brilliant phrase here. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. And that's the end of the book of Proverbs. But actually, it's a great conclusion to the whole book of Proverbs because the whole book of Proverbs has been about people fearing the Lord and if they fear the Lord, they're to be praised and everything else in life will pass away. You don't know if you build up a business in this life whether it will still be going the year after your death. You don't know if you save and get a good mortgage and sort that all out, whether your kids will squander it if you have kids. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We've had a year of uncertainty, haven't you? Where we're like, we're not sure what's going to happen after furlough, or we're not going to sure what happens with our health. And uncertainty has been part of what we live with. But Proverbs has said, if you get your heart right with God, the basic DNA is going to be there. And I, I thought that phrase, she laughs at the days to come, was really telling. I've preached on this twice today already and gone home. And, uh, and Nicholas already told me this afternoon, you're so depressing. So it's harder to put into practice than it is to, to sort of pick up the verse. Because uh, it's easy to get caught in the past or the present woes, isn't it? But the reason that I think she's able to laugh at the days to come in this verse is because she's got that relationship with God, right? She fears the Lord. And she thinks, well, who is God? Who is God in 2021? Who is God in 2022? Is he strong? Yes, he is. Is he capable? Yes, he is. Is he provider? Yes, he is. Is he Lord? Yes, he is. Is he powerful and mighty and great and worthy of praise as we've sung? Yes, he is. And if he's all those things, then who am I? I'm whoever he says I am. And if I'm who he says I am, and I'm his precious child, then I can laugh at whatever comes up. Because even the worst of things won't be able to knock me completely off where I'm at. Abraham, who's leading the service, told me before the service started that he's reading a book at the moment. And it's a book called Obedience, 
the cost of discipleship. How about that for light reading over the summer? The cost of discipleship by Penguin. <laughs> the cost of discipleship. It's actually by a guy called Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor you might have heard of who ended up being killed by the Nazis because he stood up for what was right in the midst of everything. But he'd worked out that the Christian faith is about obedience to Christ. And the cost of discipleship is obedience to Jesus Christ. But if you know who Jesus is and who God is, then actually whatever comes your way, you can, you can almost laugh at because you know there's this tremendous future guaranteed for, for you ahead of you. So that's the book of Proverbs. Fear God. Fear God. And wisdom will come your way. It will show you how to live. Now, our, our world isn't really stuck full of wisdom, is it? It's full of quite instant things, instant gratification. Just, I want this now. I want this. I want the other. And we sort of flitter around so easily. We're like the chasing after a wind, as the book of Ecclesiastes put it. We're just flittering in the wind. So it's like, get anchored, fear God. And what do we make of this, this woman in Proverbs 31? Well, if you go on Google, you'll find no end of websites encouraging you uh, ladies to be Proverbs 31 women, to live up to the standard of this uh, mystical mother-in-law and try and be formidable everythings. And it, it may be with God's help, you can live up to a number of those things. But most of us, whatever standard we set for ourselves or others set for us, if we're honest, it's pretty hard to make the grade, isn't it, all the time? I mean, even though she rises up in the middle of the night to care for people, I mean, just getting out of bed early is, is a tough one, isn't it? Have you ever set that resolution? It's tough. But the good news of the Christian faith is you don't have to make the grade. Isn't that amazing news? On the cross that we've sung about already, Jesus already made the grade for you. Who he says I am is beloved and saved and righteous. He calls me and he calls us collectively his bride. And he chose us not because we were perfect, not because we met the standards of a dominant mother-in-law. He chose us when we were unlovely. While we were his enemies, Romans says, Christ died for us. Chosen not for good in me, but because of who he is. I don't know who you may have been trying to please over your lifetime, whose standards you might have been trying to live up to, whether it's your own standards or the standards of someone out there or, or a hope that you might someday meet the standards of someone that you want to get to know and meet and live up to them. If I just do this, maybe. And God wants to tell you already through Jesus, you're already enough. You're already enough. There's great things in that passage to try and aspire to. Great things. It's wise to live out the fear of the Lord. He wants you to know you're already in. And because of that, it's possible to laugh at tomorrow. Genuinely and really possible. And so as, as I finish now, I just want to try and encourage us how to do that. Knowing that I've preached on this twice today and I've clearly not lived it out yet myself. So how do we nail this one? And so I'm just going to pray that, that God comes and helps us to see beyond a circumstance ahead of us. There might be something you can think of already. You're like, this is the thing that's dragging me down. 
It might be a relational thing. It might be a work thing. It might just be something from the past that keeps dragging you back. For me, sometimes it's, it's failures from the past, people I feel I've let down or been hurt by. They sort of drag me back. They claw away at me. I was describing them earlier. Like, they're like ghosts around me, just sort of pulling me, pulling me back. And I, I want to go beyond that this evening. I wonder what stops you laughing at the future, stops you remembering that God's bigger and can take you over the barrier. So we're just going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to just show you what he's bigger than now. And I'm going to pray that God enables you to see beyond that hurdle and laugh at it and move on with him. Is that okay? Holy Spirit, please just show us the things that are maybe holding us back from you now.